Lufthansa's onboard hospitality begins with a smile at the door. Throughout the flight, the crew ensures that every passenger feels at home. You may feel disconnected from the world below while you're cruising at an altitude of 30,000 feet, but onboard Lufthansa, you're far from isolated. Thanks to Flynet's internet access, your time in the air will fly by. Meanwhile, you can discover your destination before you even touch down via the Lufthansa travel guide and stay ahead of the news with more than 250 free e-journals, including the Frankfurter Allgemeine Zeitung and the New York Times, which can be downloaded to your smartphone, tablet or laptop before takeoff to read on the go. There has never been more freedom in flying. Welcome to the Monocle 100 in association with Lufthansa, our weekly countdown of the opportunities and experiences that travelling offers. I'm Tom Edwards. On the programme today, we're in search of some fun. Whether you're into music, architecture, films or art, festivals around the world are big attractions for those who like to travel. They provide a decent excuse to jump on a plane and head to warmer and maybe more exciting places, perhaps places you might not have considered visiting otherwise. There's the usual suspects like Coachella, the Venice Biennale and Cannes Film Festival, but have you considered trying out something new this year? Over in California, Palm Springs Modernism Week has just wrapped up, a low-rise dream of sunny and smart architecture. This May, Cappadox Festival in Turkey is a must-go for adventurous food and music fans. And while you might think North America and Europe are the places to go for music festivals, today we're going to put to you another suggestion. Asia. I'll be joined in the studio by Monocle's culture editor, Robert Bound, who's going to tell us why we should be heading east this summer. That's all ahead on the Monocle 100 in association with Lufthansa. Robert Bound, welcome to the programme. Now, as editor of the Culture Pages in Monocle magazine and indeed as just the general sort of culture overlord across all of the Monocle family. Uh, <laughs> Operation you, Culture Overlord. Uh, exactly. You Excellent. go to a lot of festivals all around the world. Yes. But we're looking at sort of particularly festivals in Asia. What what makes them, I don't know, stand out particularly? Why is that? Why is the time now, do you think? I think the time's now because, well, I suppose there is that thing. There is a lot of, there is more money, money and mobility. And there is in, in not something that is not the aping of the West. Not everything is trying to be Glastonbury or something like that or Coachella. There is a kind of a very organic scene of things bubbling up, really good local bands, really good local DJs and really good vibes. I've just come back from the Wonder Fruit Festival in Thailand, down south, not too far from the beach, although it's inland, it's countryside, it's beautiful farmland. And that was amazing because there's something about the vibes, Asian vibes, and when they're tight, you know, which is what a festival is all about, right? It's about good times, it's about barreling around, making friends at the unlikeliest times of the day with possibly the unlikeliest types of people. But when you add that to, to sort of Asian manners and specifically something Thai from, from this Wonder Fruit Festival, it seems very special indeed. And I guess it's funny, and it is about the world being smaller, that, you know, you or I could be 
the most unexpected person, whereas at yes, Glastonbury, indeed. we're rather to a penny. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You don't get many surprises. It's one of those things. It feels like Glastonbury is wonderful and charming, but it feels a bit like m- waging a campaign, a military campaign. You have to be super organised. There are sort of so many gradations of guest list and pass and all the rest of it. If you're just a regular punter, you will walk 12 miles a day just to go and see kind of three bands and get back to your tent to, to sleep at night. So these Asian festivals tend, tend to be leaner and meaner and a little a little sexier and a little kind of not rough around the edges but a little bit more homemade and that is what so many people want they want an authentic experience from a festival rather than dancing around an advertising hoarding and i think the asian festivals mixing really good food and drink with you know top acts uh, and local acts is a is a really great cocktail on that note fuji rock in japan is another festival i know you've been to love that this year's is in july there's you know bjork is there the xx is there Queens of the Stone is that so you've got particular favorite of yours, Tom. A, a, one of our, and that's it. You've got this like opportunity for a very quite a hardcore rock out, yeah. but then presumably there are local acts. Well, how, how does that f- kind of fusion between the familiar and the unfamiliar work at, at, at an event like Fuji? Well, work? I suppose this is one of the this is one of the things with expert programming when people put on that show, people put on that festival that really know their music, they kind of know the crowd. So yeah, you've got your you've got your international acts at the top, very top of the bill. But you know, there's amazing um, bands like the Tokyo Scar Jazz Orchestra who are always pretty much near the top of the bill. They're a Fuji Rock Festival favorite, and they're phenomenal. And they're always kind of like you know you, you'll see when I went, I. Think they were third from the top of the bill on the Saturday night then it was The Cure then it was the Beastie Boys or the other way around but these are the calibre of the acts I saw Iggy Pop they're the Chemical Brothers uh, which is amazing and Fuji for, for, for people that don't know it's obviously eminently Googleable. it is not at Mount Fuji that's where it was I think 15, 16 years ago in its first outing it's moved to the neighbour prefecture and it's, a, it's basically a ski resort but in the summer so you kind of get around on cable cars and ski lifts and things it's in this beautiful pine forest and it is absolutely stunning and as I say the food and the drink and all these other things also I think it was without shouting about it it was a sustainable festival from the get-go which so many so many festivals kind of want to be and shout about I think this was very quietly just tidied up after itself very very quietly and in, 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 in a very organized and Japanese fashion every year and what about how the how the tunes actually listen because I, I think if people go to the I make a habit of going to the cinema when I go to other countries and yeah you can watch the same film and it seems somehow different yeah. Whether it's subtitles, whether it's the way that the armchair is designed. And it's the same with music, isn't it? Especially to a festival crowd, you know, you could hear a band that I've seen a few times, like, say, Queens of the Stones, but I have no idea what the heaviosity would be like at Fuji Rock. But yeah. I'm assuming it'd be very different than if I saw them in Norway or in North America or here in Britain. And, yeah. and I guess that's part of it as well. Well, that's the, th- that's the thing. People always say that, you know, bands we've had in here for sessions, it's one of those kind of facts of tour life that a New York audience is very different to a London audience, is very different to a Manchester audience. So, so different audiences, different crowds are giving in different ways. Actually, the Japanese audience are very polite so you need to kind of get them going although they love the music and will buy all your records all your t-shirts all your merchandise afterwards and get onto the stage in fact I remember the Iggy Pop had a, a stage invasion which are now these days slightly the staged stage invasion but it was ever. the most polite stage invasion except none of them wanted to leave so they kind of it was basically it looked like kind of like heal the world it looked like sort of Michael Jackson kind <laughs> of thing at the end when it was kind of you know Iggy and sort of 2000 of the, of the fans um, came up on the stage so you kind of get into that vibe once you've got used to that that's the thing. But of course, then for some of the local bands, they will go absolutely mad for some sort of psych folk, some Japanese psych folk band, for example. People will be going wild too. Um, but I think there is a, 
it is about appreciation and it's about politeness and it's about bowing slightly to the greatness of the international act sometimes, which can be a little bit too polite. But it won't stop you and I, Tom, from having fun. Robert Bound, Monocle's Culture Editor. Thank you very much for your, your wisdoms as always. You've been listening to the Monocle 100 in association with Lufthansa. Be sure to pick up the forecast, which contains all 100 items on our list in full and is available on all good newsstands right now. Over this series, we'll be continuing to explore the opportunities, destinations and experiences that travelling with Lufthansa provides. And we invite you to join us on this countdown to your next journey. Lufthansa's onboard hospitality begins with a smile at the door. Throughout the flight, the crew ensures that every passenger feels at home. You may feel disconnected from the world below while you're cruising at an altitude of 30,000 feet, but onboard Lufthansa, you're far from isolated. Thanks to Flynet's internet access, your time in the air will fly by. Meanwhile, you can discover your destination before you even touch down via the Lufthansa Travel Guide. And stay ahead of the news with more than 250 free e-journals, including the Frankfurter Allgemeine Zeitung and the New York Times, which can be downloaded to your smartphone, tablet, or laptop before takeoff to read on the go. There has never been more freedom in flying.